What's the first time you met McElwain? Do you remember that? That is actually a really good question. Did I, he say, I, I play drums for two years. Well, 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 you know, uh, you know I, I have a gig on on weekends, and I, I, I drum for, <laughs> for Trey Lewis a little bit, you know, go on the road. <laughs> Grab the KY and get yourself ready. You got some slide to do. Welcome back to another episode of the DM Monday podcast. I am Trey Lewis, my co-host Mitchell Wallace, and uh, today's guest is Lil Skinny. What's up, dog? Yeah, How you I, doing? Lo- I, I remember when we first met. I was like, "Oh, so your name's Lil Skinny?" Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" So <laughs> I was like, "I I remember when you um when I heard you signed with Catino, yeah, or partnership with him." I was like. So I wonder if he's still going to go by like little skinny. skinny yeah, man. Do, you, do people know your real name or no? Man, I, I try not to give that out. It? You know, I got too cool. many warrants, but I'm cool. just kidding. But, <laughs> what yeah. is your real name? Do you, my, my, my real name is Ethan Koontz. Ethan Koontz. Yeah, That's man. It. Yeah, but it's spelled like, my last name's kind of spelled like Koontz. So yeah. a lot of people don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. So I just try to stay away from it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I found your um, your Facebook. I found some old pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember, did I send them to you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I remember you sent me those. Like, is that the same dude? You had like gel in your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is slicked over to the side. That's pretty great. You've never met Mitch before, have you? Uh, we've been around a, a couple times, but like for a guy that on. knows everybody. Yeah, I do the, yeah. I'm on a podcast with somebody I don't know. This is going to be interesting. So. Be it's going to be good. I'm going to ask all the good questions. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's going to be awesome. Um, but so you saw McWayne last night. Yeah, Where, where'd dude, you see him at? That's I saw my coin everywhere last night. My man was on an extra. Yeah, what was, what was the term you used when you? <laughs> he was fucked up like a turnover tackle box. <laughs> 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 it got it got took home by some random women. It was pretty great. Did you hook up with anybody, Michael? Nah. No. 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 Came out empty handed. We got to get your GoPro back over here. He probably made out with a fireball shot or two. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Is he, uh, he's on. Uh, he likes Vegas bombs now. Oh, you like oh. Vegas bombs now? Uh, Those are good. He looks like Kickstart. <laughs> oh, green teas are gross. I knew you'd yeah. pick something gross. Yeah. For a little while, he won uh, screwballs. He was on screwball. Oh, yeah. Bitch. He still likes some good <laughs> screwball. He's probably drinking something. One time, McElwain told me he likes fireball so much because he don't have to brush his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> he just drinks fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you been chewing some big red gum? No, it's that fireball, baby. It's that fireball. Let's make out. <laughs> he came up and he said, Mitch, I ain't brushed my teeth in three weeks. I just drink fireball. <laughs> It's like mouthwash. <laughs> I love this narrative you're making up. Yeah. Oh, totally making this yeah. up. It's like when we were in Utah. I, I told <laughs> when we were in Utah, I told everybody in the camp that uh, I walked in on my manager Alex jacking off, and I totally oh, didn't. I was like, he, he was. I was like, story. he was pointing his toes. I mean, he was almost about to climb in. Yeah. He said he walked in. He was like pointing his toes at me, real aggressive, like. <laughs> But he totally didn't. It was just funny. I had, every, I had everybody go, and I was like, "Why would I even make that did up?" up okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that says a lie goes, "Why did I make that up?" Yeah, yeah. totally fabricated. 100%. Um, why do they call you little skinny? So my dad's nickname was Skinny, so I was a little skinny. So I yeah. had it since yeah. I was have you always years. been skinny your whole life? 
Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Never. I had a little chubby stage, like that thirteen and fourteen year old area. Yeah, but then it just went away. It's wild how calling someone skinny is okay, but calling someone like if I was a little fatty. It was <laughs> okay. yeah. But look, if you put a fedora on his head, who else does he look like right behind you? <laughs> kid Rock, yeah. yeah. Were yeah. you Kid Rock for Halloween when you're? Yeah, no, I was Kid Rock for Halloween when yeah. I went to a Halloween party in college. Just yeah. like Kid Rock, and everybody thought I dressed up like myself. You kind of do look like Kid Rock back in the day, like Devil Without a Cause. Kid yeah, Rock. yeah. And well, you've hung out with Bob, right? Yeah, I know yeah. Bob real well. So you kind of sound like Matt McKinney when you talk. The skin, too skinny, skinny, yeah. square. Too skinnies, yeah. Has anyone ever said that? Uh, are you, where are you from? I'm originally from Nashville, Arkansas. Oh shit! Okay. And then I moved to Murfreesboro, Arkansas, and then I moved here. Dude. Really? Yeah, so it's so really Arkansas wild. just a copy of Tennessee? Oh, 100%. There's a Greenbrier, Arkansas, Spring Hill, Arkansas. Damn. Mount Pleasant, Texas is not far. It's like all, and it's all correspondent to each other. What like, were you doing? What What were you doing back home? Like when you moved to, before you came to Nashville? Before I came here. So I started, I started playing drums when I was like 12. And yeah. then I, like all I did all my whole life. So how I got the nickname was my dad's nickname was Skinny. I was a little skinny. Yeah. We had Skinny Boys Kennels, so we raised hunting hounds. Oh wow! And so like we like trained them to run like dogs, fox. yeah, like dogs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we were training them to run like fox, deer, and cows, and we had like walker hounds or like really long legged beagles. Yeah. And we took them out, and that's what I thought I was going to do my whole life. Like I it was trained dogs. <laughs> was trained dogs. Like when I was 13, 14, my dream was going to be I was going to be a Methodist preacher and have like a hunting dog kennel. That's what I was going to do my whole life. Oh wow! And like that <laughs> changed by the time I hit puberty and fifteen. You started around. playing drums. I started playing drums when I was twelve, and then I got into playing guitar when I was fifteen, and wound up on American Idol. And just I didn't know off. you were on American Idol. Yeah, that's so cool. that's, so that's how yeah, so that's what's happening. Just like we got to look it up. Right did now. you do good on American Idol? Did it's, you go by a little skinny, or did you so go by the Ethan? first time? The first time I went by Ethan Coons, I went trending for a few days on Twitter with my last name. So I was like, all right, we got to do something Change different. That. And so yeah, so back then I was doing blues music. So I, I grew up playing like on Bill Street, Memphis, and was doing That's blues cool. stuff. And How you spell Kuntz? K K U N T Z. Uh, really? Yeah. Did you make Damn. it far in American Idol? So I was on there twice. So I was on there when I was fifteen, and I made top two hundred. Yeah, Ethan Kuntz. Yeah, that's it. American I, I had Idol. A, I had an ag teacher that loved saying that. He and he knew how to say my name. He just he wrote. You dude. were in ag class. F Look at that guy, yeah. dude. Yeah. In the nuts. We're watching. We're gonna put it on the screen. That's you. Yeah, man. Sounds just like That's awesome, dude. You're the same Person. motherfucker you were back then. <laughs> you just like grown up a little bit. Yeah, man. Like same accent and everything. Yeah. So man. the second time you went on there, did you make it further? Yeah, man. I made made it to the top forty about three years ago. So Chase Beckham season when oh, Chase yeah, Beckham yeah, yeah. was on there. I was on that same season and it was crazy because uh like Mackenzie Carpenter was on there too. Do you was... uh listen to like do you listen to um Chase's music that yeah, he puts yeah, out? 100%, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you I hear the song stuff. that he that Jordan Walker wrote? Uh, I it's uh I'll take the bar. Dude. That I song's did. a banger. I haven't heard that one yet. I gotta uh, check it out. Yeah, Jordan wrote it hundred percent by himself. Damn. That's yeah. awesome. So you turned Anyways. 15, you hit puberty, you probably wanted some girls and started playing guitar. Yeah, started playing guitar, and then the preacher dream kind of left, which, you yeah. know, it kind of went out the window. And then started chasing the music scene, man, and uh, I fell in love with it. And then about 16, 17, the American Idol thing kind of wore off, and I just started playing bars. Like, I didn't go to either one of my proms. I just played bars every night and just oh, yeah. traveling and stuff. But see, you did, it. you did American Idol early enough in your childhood – to, to like not, not move to Nashville with American Idol right, stink yeah. on you, you know 100%, what I mean? One hundred percent, yeah. So like I did, I did that, and then 
I graduated high school and I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm going to move to Nashville. And when I was 18, they're like, uh, no, you're not. You're going to yeah. get this degree and then we'll help you financially and everything more. We support you to go to Nashville. So I went to a Christian school, went to a Baptist school and raised a bunch of hell and uh, tried to, you know, stay in college. And luckily, somehow I graduated. I don't know how yeah. I did, but uh, I, I went on a guitar scholarship and went to oh, music nice. school and got a music business degree. And then uh, I graduated in December. Two weeks after I graduated, I was I moved here. Okay, so you've been here since what twenty? Yeah, so I've been here for two years. I just hit my two year anniversary. Oh, nice. so, did you know anybody, or did you just up and move by yourself? Uh, I knew like two, Crew. two or Get three. Get out of here! I knew like two or three yep. people. Uh, there's a producer I was working with, Kent Wells. Yeah. Then uh, I knew uh, Barrett Baber. Was the yeah. two people I knew. Wow. And so, How'd you know Barrett? So Barrett was on The Voice the same time I was on American mm -hmm. Idol. We were yep. both from Arkansas. And so we got paired up to like on every, you know, different festival and like 4th of July celebration around small town yeah. Arkansas and I'd open up for him. So oh, yeah. I know him since I was, you know, 15, 16 and he just kind of was that big brother mentor kind of mentality too. Yeah. Me. And he wrote nothing on you. Yeah, Cody man. Johnson. And so he started, like he told me like, he didn't, he didn't like do shit for me, but what was cool about Barrett was like, he's like, Hey man, meet these three people and go to these, th these three places and see where it takes you. And yeah. like, and that's what I did. I just started going out and I never stayed at home. Yeah, he's like a nice. He's a, one of the nicest dudes Dude. that I know. And what he, were the three places? Uh, so he told me to go to the local, the local Live Oak, and uh, where, where else he told me? He told me winners, losers. Yeah, probably losers. It was something yeah. like that. It was something like that. But I remember the two, and he's like, "You need to go meet Terry Joe Box, and you know, yeah. go meet Mark Aston Chandler." Yeah. And I did. And so I just started bumping around. And then <laughs> I'll never forget, I met Jeff Reed at the local. And I, Je I give Jeff a lot of credit for me meeting a lot of people first yeah. time because me and him went on like a 10, 11 day bender. <laughs> and like we just started meeting people. Yeah. And that dude does so many people. And it was awesome. And we just like, that's kind of how I met, you know, just everybody around. Yeah, know, dude. I mean, you, I mean, you know everybody. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and that's like, I know, uh, uh, Mitch made the comparison to Matt McKinney, but it's like that's how Matt McKinney was. Like he had this ability to bring different. Like, there's so many people that I wouldn't have hung out with when I first moved here. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't for Matt McKinney bringing in like, you know, different groups, right? Diff connecting different people, together. you know, connecting, and that's pretty cool. I feel like you kind of have that effect on people too. So yeah. it's definitely a good skill set to have. Um, what's real cool about it is you know since i was a kid i've always loved people and just like being out and being real social and so when i came to town everybody told me it was you know it was a 10-year town and you know before yeah. things were going to kind of start happening for me so i was like man i got all the time in the world i'm 22 you know 23 yeah. I, I just i need some friends so i'm just yeah. gonna go out and make some friends and then hopefully you know down the road all the other stuff happened this is gonna start happening and because i made so many cool friends and everything i've been really blessed like opportunities to just start opening doors start opening yeah things been really great so I, i've got to have a little success but you know that wasn't the intention it was just like hey i just want some good friends and yeah. not be lonely you know? be around some damn good people yeah man um so you get here to nashville and and you go out to these two or three pieces places and just start meeting people and yeah man and you and you played at uh you played at losers a pretty good day right yeah man so after being uh in town uh for about two or three months i end up getting a house kick over at losers and yeah. I, I started off just doing like you know like the shitty shifts that's what yeah. they call them you know <laughs> the the, yeah the shitty shifts like yeah. you know the, like 11 to twos on sundays and stuff you know and then uh chris and Rucci was kind of doing the same thing at the same time and then 
all of a sudden they asked, hey, we got an opening, you know, six to 10 Fridays and Saturdays. Y'all want, we want to put y'all together. And I, I kind of knew Chris, but we didn't really know each other. They just put us together and like, we want y'all to start doing a duo. Who's uh, Chris? What's his name? Andrew Chief. Oh, yeah. 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 The four and one. Yeah. Is the gun? But anyways, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they put us together and we started having a house gig every Friday, Saturday at uh, Losers. And we did a thing two to six on Sunday at Losers as well. So I just started gigging and doing that. And then uh, to when the summer kicked up, they're like, hey, would y'all want to build a band? And so that kind of took off and people started kind of, you know, we started building a little fan base there. Yeah. And started happening. And then it just, you know, got to partying every night, meeting everybody and started going from there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about you uh, getting up with Catino and all that. Yeah, How did all that go down? So that's actually a wild story. So that all started when the losers sent me out to Vegas. Yeah. So they sent me out to Vegas uh, two years ago for, or, or technically like a year ago, because it always yeah. happens in December. Uh, they sent me out to the NFR and yeah. we had, a, me and Chris had a 10 day residency out there and I met a, uh, a bareback rider named Rocker Steiner. Yeah. And me and Rocker became homies. And he's like my little brother now. Well, his uncle had a uh, a career back in the day, Tommy Shane Steiner. And yeah. his producer was Jimmy Ritchie. Well, so when Rocker and them were about to leave Vegas after 10 days, they called Jimmy Ritchie up. It's like, hey, you need to meet Skinny. And so this guy, Jimmy Ritchie, starts blowing me out. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And I started looking up. I was like, I might need to call this dude back. Yeah. So I called him back. and was like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's like, man, come over to my house. I want to meet you. So I come over there and I thought, you know, I was going to be there for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I left four and a half hours later. I mean, just like hit it off. I hung out at his house. And he's like, man, I want to work with you. And he connected me with Katina. Yeah. And so we started uh, talking with Katina about what we kind of want to do and, you know, the direction we want to take my music. And they started to him and Katina signed me together on a development deal. And then a few months later, they got me, you know, writing at Sony. And Sony, yeah. After about four or five months of seeing the stuff we were putting out, they're like, hey, we want to offer you a publishing deal. So that's how I got yeah. sound over there writing songs. Yeah, so. I saw you were uh, – I remember one day I walked into the fire hall and you were writing with um, – Probably uh, the brothers. The brothers, yeah. yeah. Isabel yeah. brothers. Isabel yeah. brothers. Love those guys. And your first song you put out – was, uh, what's the name of it? Yeah. So the first one we put out was Let's Have a Ball. I wrote Let's that Have one. a Ball. Yeah. That, that was with Rivers Rutherford. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then the second one we just we just put out like a month ago was uh, Red Dirt Blacktop. And that was the day you walked in. Yeah. That was the song we wrote. Yeah. 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 Isabel Brothers. Um, yeah. That Let's Have a Ball is uh, <laughs> is a really funny song. Uh, what does it say? Uh, <laughs> I might be a little skinny. I might not be that pretty, but the girls party with me because my legs are mighty long. <laughs> yes, my legs are mighty long. But it's really cool that, like, you know, sometimes you see people move to Nashville and, you know, get in a publishing deal or, you know, get into um, recording or whatever, and their sound kind of changes, you know. Right. Yours has kind of stayed um, – I mean, you've kind of stayed true to your sound and like what yeah, you man. do, and it's like the southern rock thing, and it's really cool. I'm saying, yeah, like since I was 15, like I kind of knew what I was into, and I never yeah. really wanted to differentiate from that. And so, like when I came to town, that was the one thing I was kind of looking for, and you know, I, and I had some other meetings and talking with some other people, and that was the one thing I loved, you know, talking with the Katina and, and and Richie. You know, they we sit down. I was like, hey, I'm a big fan of Texas Red Dirt stuff. And I really respect some of those guys, you know, sticking to what they do. Yeah. And I said, but there's a, there's opportunities I see that they don't get that are in Nashville that I yeah. want to be a part of. Yeah. And so 
I, I mean, this is the sound I want to do, and this is, you know, the area I want to do it in. And they're like, well, we won't, don't want to change anything. We just want to help, you know, make you successful. And when they said that, I was all in. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's the direction I wanted to go. Yeah, that's great, man. Catino's awesome. Have you been to his lake place yet? Man, I haven't been down there yet. Yeah. So. Uh, I saw him today. I was like, man, we need to hang out more often. Yeah, we need to get, uh, we need to go down there and hang yeah. out with Cowboy Jimmy C. <laughs> Dude, he's wild. Um, <laughs> I haven't got to party with him yet. Yeah, well, we went down there to his lake place. It was me, Maxwell, McVie, yeah. um, Jordan Walker, Adam Craig, I think. Love Adam. Maybe one other, but we went down there and we wrote. Uh, I have a song on my record called I Quit. Yeah. And um, we wrote that song that day, but Catino had COVID. It almost killed him. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was like he was in the hospital. He had to get like transfusions and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was oh. nuts. So we had to end up leaving that trip. That was when COVID was like a real like right. serious, serious threat. Thing, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I haven't been back down there since. But I would love to go back down there. Yeah, cool. man, we got to um, give him a holler for sure. Who's Katina? Jim Katina. Yeah, yep. who's that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard y'all said that a couple times. He uh, just, no idea just, who that is. Just a couple. <laughs> he he's a uh, he's a publisher at Sony. Cool. Yeah. Um, with Kent, first uh, yeah. two Kent Rolls. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I've heard the two. name a bunch, but yeah, for my sake and for the listeners. But I he think. used to he used to work at Sony. He was yeah. what the VP. Yeah, 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 yeah VP on the record. Sony, Sony Records. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sick. And so, he and he left and started his own thing with Kent and yeah, he brought on like Chris Young, uh, Tower Far, but yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Up up. So are you signed to Verse 2 then with Sony? No, so Drop Time is his own thing, kind of like Verse 2. Cool. It's the same yeah. joint venture deal, but it's Catino's size. Badass. So Ken's got Verse 2, and then Catino's got Drop Time, and so I'm with Drop Time and joint venture with Sony. Yeah, yeah. Sony. yeah for publishing. Yeah, yeah it's man. pretty cool. I want to talk about your rings. Yeah, yeah man. You always wore rings, man? Man, so I that's stuck. Like, that's something that I think is cool. But I got a little fat fingers, so I've never <laughs> ventured into it. But I think rings are pretty cool. Have you always Have you done punched that? anybody with those things or what? Well, I mean, that's kind of why I go by a little skinny, you know, those warrants. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, so I haven't had to use them too often. But uh, I always like, like to call my insurance policy. They all mean something to me. I, it started with one, and then it started with the couple. And What's then, the thumb one say? Fuck? It's just fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, it's King Baby Ring. Which That's one what means the most to you? Let's just go with the story of one of them. Was, uh, so this one probably means the most because this one was actually a gift. Was that an eagle? What can't but this is actually a line. It was a line. Cool. And so Taylor Austin Dye actually gave me this. And oh, so, awesome. She's fun? been on the pod. Yeah, so I love I love Tad, and Tad's like my sister. And uh, so she gave me that for being in her music video on a Oh, scene. yeah. Uh, rest in peace. I was actually mm-hmm. the like the drunk abusive husband. Is that the J Michael. <laughs> so I'm J Michael. Adams. Okay, yeah. In the music video, it's, it's so it's crazy. So like I wore wife beater and act like I'm real abusive and yeah. drunk and it's funny. Yeah, I think they wrote that song like uh, Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or something. I remember walking in the fire hall. They yeah. were the only ones in there writing. Her and Nicole and them and uh, Utley. Utley, yeah, because yeah. Utley love oh, it, dude. So that's what's funny is uh, so I did some acting for a while. So when I came when I first came to town the first month or two, I couldn't get music gigs because the competition was so high. But my brother had did some, my little brother had done some acting stuff before, and so like I saw some of his forms come to email. And my mom was like, "Send me stuff." I was like, "Hey, you want to make a couple hundred bucks today?" They're having like a background, like they're looking for background actors. So I never acted before in my life, and I would like put in for these things. Well, I didn't know how in big, Nashville here in Nashville, wow. and I didn't know how big they were. And the first one I did was. Uh, Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran's music video. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> and I, walk, I walked in it and I, I'm like playing bass in like this band scene and then I one of them like, like taking shots in this party college party and stuff and it was, it was wild that's and that's crazy doing other stuff you're making money doing that yeah man I was in a uh, Lifetime movie with Mario Lopez and, like, oh wow <laughs> it was wild that's, yeah that's cool that's yeah, so like I just was doing the acting thing and then I started and I got the losers gig and I was like this is what I want to do I'm done. yeah so you, you didn't work any other like odd jobs when you were no, so I've, I've, I've done music full time and then acting on the side. I like never had to get a real job. I did when I was back in Arkansas uh, during the summers and winters, like in between college. My dad made me go to Tyson Foods and work because that's where he works. Yeah. And so I'd have to go like back dock and work in the shipping stuff and Let wash out trailers in summertime and stuff. It sucked. But, and I was making more on the weekends than I was making during the week. And so it was it was pretty cool because like dad I was like, Dad, why am I doing this if I'm making more on the weekends than I am in the week? And he's like, Well, if you want this music thing to work out, then yeah. you better make it work because this is what you're gonna come back doing. Yeah. So. Do, do you does your dad still raise dogs back home? Yeah, so we sold them when I was eighteen because when I moved to college and everything, there, we had so many of them. So we we raised between like twenty to thirty uh, of ours, and then we had like a guy that we like partnered with, and he'd have like 50, 60 ounces. And so, like, between us, we, we had nearly 100 ounces. You can take that puppy with you. I saw it out in the yard <laughs> eating its own shit earlier. So, if you can train it bring it back. Yeah. yeah. No, well, I can't help but shoot here. Just kidding. Yeah. Cruz a good dog. He's just being a brat today. Heck he yeah. He wants the attention. I love it, though. Yeah. But, yeah, man. I've always been the big hound guy. So, what, uh, what kind of music, um, what kind of music is your influence like growing up? Like from your look, like it seems like maybe you drove like a Camaro, like an old Camaro here, and or like yeah, <laughs> like a fucking Thunderbird or something. I don't know. No, I man, I actually drove. Like, you seem like fucking rock and roll. Like. Like, you do. I was a big rock and roll fan. Like I actually drove a big jacked up truck that I called Old Blue back home. This thing was <laughs> had thirty five inch tires, twenty inch wheels, a six inch lift, had steel bumpers on the front and back, light bars. Like, yeah. It was badass, dude. It was what pretty, kind of music was playing in Old Blue? But Old Blue was like, I listen to everything, man. I, I'm a fan of good music. It is good i'll listen to it but like i, I grew up like i want to be a stevie ray vaughn dude yeah so like i was big into blues music want to be the next stevie ray vaughn so like i was listening like that kenny wayne shepherd and different guys and then after like the 17 18 year old you know face kind of left i got into you know texas red dirt stuff and then i always was a southern rock fan i love grunge like yeah. i was a little bit all over the place but now i now i listen to you know a lot of like folk and songwritery stuff so i listen to a lot like guy clark and towns van zandt and that kind of thing so i just i go a little bit everywhere but like the stuff that naturally comes out of me that i feel like fits my voice best and everything is like the skinner yeah kind of on the southern rock baby yeah swampy stuff so. yeah what made you grow your hair out uh so uh because everybody, all the guitar players were doing it that I was playing with. And I had like this short buzz cut and I wore a ball cap just like I do now. Like that's yeah. what I did in high school. And then uh, I graduated early. So I graduated like December of my senior year, still like in May. Well, by May came around, all the dudes were doing it because Morgan Wallen came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so then everybody at my high school had the same flow, cut ball cap. And I'm like, you bitches. Dude, I remember I used to wear a mullet wig back in the day. Yeah. And this is like before I was bald because I'm bald now. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this thing is fucking awesome. Morgan Wallen comes along and makes the mullet cool. Yeah. You know, dude, during COVID, uh, 
we, me and Trey lived together. You know, you had to do those COVID haircuts where you're cutting your own hair at your house and stuff. <laughs> right. And Trey tried as desperately as he could to make the rat tail come yeah, back. Yeah, trying to make the rat tail come <laughs> back. He would grow his hair out as long as he could. He'd be like, all right, cut it in a rat tail. Yeah, I had a rat and, tail. Uh, one time we went to uh, Kroger. And we saw this old man. He had like a long rat tail, like braided with shit in it. You know, he you was tell about that life. He had it for probably you know twenty, yeah. thirty years. And and dude, Trey lit up like a Christmas tree. He's like, dude, that fucking rat tail is awesome. And the guy Camping. like the guy looked at him. You know, like, are you joking on me? I'm confused. And then Trey was like, look at mine. <laughs> I, was, I was like, can I take a picture of this thing? And like, I'm taking a video of it. And I'm like. Dude, that rat tail's awesome. Thank you for letting me take a video of your rat tail. I have to find it. It's, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah, so I used to have to like use my beard trimmer to shave his head into a rat tail. And I follow day. this guy on uh, Instagram that has like a rat tail. I can't remember his name, but like he's been growing it for years, dude. Bro. Yeah, it was a dude. COVID was a weird time. So. If I, if I what were you doing during COVID? During COVID, so I actually was like playing like a bunch of private shows. So like COVID was actually really good for me because like yeah. I wasn't like so like well, i wouldn't say like beginner level like i wasn't so not well known i couldn't get shows but mm-hmm. i wasn't like didn't have a huge following so i was able to like you know do like 75 people 100 people like private shows like brown texture can area yeah and so i was doing those like three or four times a weekend and going playing for doctors and stuff like locking themselves up in their house and like just getting hammered and so did you um did you ever just playing like just guitar like for the ba- for a band or were you always fronting? Yeah, man. So I did some guitar gigs. So there's there's a group in town called the Springs. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember them, but uh, so I actually played guitar for them and went on a whole tour. But like I respect side guys, and I'm glad I went and did it and like was in their shoes because there's a lot of work of like playing to somebody else's style. Yeah, that I wasn't very. I didn't feel like I was very good at it because I had my my thing and I wanted like be my persona i didn't want to like dress down like i wanted to be i always want to be the front guy so like i kind of gave up that dream of like being somebody's guitar player pretty quick yeah. but because it's just like when you like play somebody else's music like you have to dwell yourself in that style and like listen to it and i feel like when i would go back to my music it would kind of mess up a little bit of like what i was trying to do yeah it's like playing golf when you're a baseball player exactly yeah, it, fucks yeah it fucks up your swing and yeah. so that's what i was I was I, I was kind of struggling with that, so I was like, you know, I just need to, you know, focus on writing my material and yeah. all my stuff. So, do you play any sports? Man, I was a never a sports guy. Never right? sports yeah, guy. I played a little baseball until I was like twelve, but yeah, was, yeah I mean, I, I did. I kind of did every sport, but like my favorite was I, I worked a lot of trap meets and did like managing stuff and mm-hmm. statistics and everything. But I always like loved being around sports. I just didn't want to be in them. There you go. What's a uh, social media look like for you? Man, social media. TikTok, Instagram. Uh, right. I, I mean, I'm very good at TikTok. I, yeah. should, I should be a lot better at it, but uh, it's, it's 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 growing. I guess we're trying, yeah. you know, trying to hammer at it. But have you had any viral moments? Well, uh, not not really. No, not, not not crazy stuff. The most viral moments is you know being on TV with the idol stuff. And then yeah. when I went back the second time, they didn't air me, and I made it all the way to top forty. Spent thirty days in LA. That's wow. And dude. they never and they you never, never got on TV. They, like I I was like a basically used as a background actor. Like they Damn. never put my name. They never put my audition. When you were doing that, were you allowed to tell people you were out there American idoling? Certain people. So like if you were working or school or hey, stuff, you can tell those. But that. like you're yeah. you were like really not allowed to you know like make it super public super public like you you could like it was weird like you could post say i auditioned for american idol but yeah. you could say hey i'm going to be on tv i can't, i'm going to do this like it's coming out then you just basically you just could put up like random post hey i'm on or i auditioned for american idol. were they strict about it were they like watching your shit 
Yeah, like so they wouldn't they wouldn't get on to you. You yeah. would just see people that were posting a lot of stuff they should be posting get cut. Oh, wow. so, yeah, so it was like it was like Squid Games almost. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> good luck, good, good luck, bro. It was just like because like I noticed like the people that were just like, oh, I'm going to sit American Idol today instead of stuff when they should have been like just coasting and keeping their mouth shut. Yeah, and you're like all of a sudden you would just see boom. Yeah, was it real competitive like with you and the other people on American Idol? Were y'all like like you know backstabbing each other or were y'all friends like trying no, to get to the end or what no, that was that most of that was producers so yeah. the producers would go around and like be like hey so-and-so said this about you or so-and-so said that like and like you never knew like who was coming at who but it they weren't it was basically the producers kind of getting in people's head yeah. and like they do certain things like you don't like something will happen on lunch or something and like instead of eating at 11 you'll eat at like four or something and you'll just like be up like you you'd go to bed at like midnight and then have to get up at five o'clock to be at seven o'clock, you know, call time That's, and stuff. Yeah, right. And just and then you're just dead running the whole time. And then there'll be stuff like that and mishaps with food and stuff. Like so you haven't ate a lot, you haven't slept a lot, and you just kinda get, you know, mentally delirious. Yeah. Would you go on American Idol again? Probably not not a third time. I had to redeem myself the second time. I'm glad yeah. I did. Cause like when I I had only been playing six months. So how I, this is a cool story. I'll tell you how I got on American Idol was I wasn't even trying, really trying to do the music thing. I was doing more. It was a hobby. And I'd been playing guitar for about five or six months and singing yeah. a little bit. And we had moved from Nashville, Arkansas, to Murfreesboro, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we moved to Murfreesboro, we got this big uh, pond, about a four-acre pond and 60 acres and stuff. Oh, wow. And I was trying to get a flat-bottom boat to fish this pond. Yeah. And so right down the street, there is a uh, flat-bottom boat for sale for $300. And so I'm looking for a get rich quick scheme to get this 300 bucks. And I, I asked my parents for it. And they're like, no, you need to work for what you get. And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around. And over in Hope, Arkansas, uh, there's a watermelon festival every year. And they had a talent show called Watermelon Idol. And Watermelon Idol's cash prize, if you want it, was $300. Dang. And you got to open up. <laughs> it was the exact same amount of money. And you got to open up for Sammy Kershaw. It was like a trailer trash yeah. dream, bro. Yeah. It was awesome. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. So you had to go qualify on a Tuesday. It's like a Hallmark movie. Dude, yeah. it's so wild. So you had to go qualify on a Tuesday to make the top five. And the top five came back on Saturday. So there's like 20 people there. I go play my little song, and I'm singing. And you sing original song or cover? Uh, no, I, I sang Can't You See with Marshall Tucker. Oh, yeah. And so I, I go up there and I'm like, Can't You See? Doing my little, yeah. my little thing. And then I, I wait for them to call it out. I don't make the top five. I'm all pissed off. And mom comes up to me. She goes, Hey, since you didn't, uh, since you don't have plans on Saturday like you thought you were going to, she's like, uh, well, When we go up to Little Rock, they're having American Idol auditions. So, mom, if I can't make American Idol or Watermelon Idol, how the fuck am I going to make American Idol? She's like, Let's just go do it. So, we didn't know you like you had to wait in line yeah. all day. Yeah. So, we get up there at like 9 or 10 o'clock and we had to wait all damn day because everybody's been there since oh, six, yeah. 6 in the morning. So, we wait all day. I like audition at 7 or 8 o'clock and they're like, and I go through a couple of rounds there, and they're like, come back tomorrow. So we, like, go all the way back home from Winter Rock, which is about two and a half hours, drive up the next morning, get there about six, seven. And I go through, like, two or three rounds that day, and they're like, come back in a few months, we're going to put you on TV. And it just went from there. But that's Did you kinda, ever get the boat? Oh, yeah, I ended up getting the boat. And that's actually the screensaver on my phone. Is that is, boat? Is uh, the sunset with that boat in the water. <laughs> so, I remember, so I remember where I come from. Where you're yeah. from. Yeah. yeah, man. So, yeah, it's cool. Send me that picture. Yeah, I still, I still got the flat bottom boat. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I, I tried out for the boys 
like six times. So. Yeah. so I tried out the voice before making out, and that's another reason why I kind of didn't want to do it because like I, I had a, the voice tell me no and everything. It's like, man, I don't know about these television shows. And yeah, I mean, dude, I I don't know. I still don't think I can make it on those shows. Yeah, you know. I was I was surprised I made it as far as I did and and I and I sound like I'm down in it like it was a good, great experience and I probably wouldn't be here without it but then there's like also some things that you know I love seeing the artists that don't do those shows that just solely do it independently like you did that I respect a lot more because like these people are really grinding they're out here like they didn't have you know opportunities like I did to boost their stuff so yeah well I had TikTok so right yeah hundred percent we were talking about it with uh, another guest we had on the podcast, but it's like, you know, like my situation, I had a super viral moment, but yeah. you know, nobody sees the 10 years it took me to get there right? or the 12 years it took me to even get to that point to, you know, finally just being like, well, whatever, I don't give a fuck. I've been putting out music since 2013 and nobody ever gave a shit. So 100%. I'm going to, you know, sing this song about Dick down in Dallas and, yeah, you know, just for fun. And then it just went viral. It just awesome. went crazy, dude. Yeah, man, I can't imagine. What were you when that song popped off? Dude, I'll never forget. So I remember I remember the first time I heard Dick Down Dallas. I was in college. Yeah. At a Christian school. Puffing yeah. <laughs> his jet in my big blue truck. <laughs> yeah. Running through, watched all that. Yeah. And I heard Dick Down Dallas because I saw it on Coetzel's story. Oh, yeah. And so I'll never forget. Co was like, dude, Dick Down Dallas slaps. I'm like, what is this? And yeah. cranked it up. And my life was changed. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> it was awesome. That's awesome. Have you uh, have you hung out with Co Wessel or yeah, met him? Yeah, so yeah. I, I go. So I've, I've I've hung out with Co a few times and got some stories with him. Uh, I think one of my favorite stories is we got kicked out of <laughs> Red Door Midtown and Red Door East in the same night. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. that, was, that was fun. <laughs> it's a really fun time. One of my uh, really good friends from Arkansas, he passed on now, but Ryan Mallett, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Me and Ryan were really close, and uh, we walked in the red door, and Co was in there, and I kind of knew Co, but I knew I knew all of his boys, like I knew yeah. Neville and Yo Yo and Dre, yeah. and so I, I wasn't really like cool with Co. Well, supposedly Co was a big Ryan Mallet fan, I, I didn't know it from like high school football. Yeah. So he sees Ryan, and he's like, "Bro, is that Ryan Mallet? What's up, buddy?" And like they start taking rumble shots, and like I'm hanging out with driving, oh. driving Ryan around. And uh, they like it got really packed, and so like Red Doors get kind of crazy. So we we're like, you know, we're gonna go over to Red Door East, and they kind of started pushing us out, anyways. And so because we we're getting kind of wild, so we go to Red Door East, and I'll never forget. I can't remember what happened because I stepped outside on a phone call, but I come, they come busting, barreling out. They're like, we gotta go, and I'm like, why do we gotta go? They're just like, don't ask. And I, I've heard several stories. I heard like a couple of the dudes were getting into it in there, and a the fight broke out, and then I heard that. Go through like shot glass. The bartender, like I don't know yeah, what happened, don't know what but it doesn't matter. It, it was yeah. it was at the point of the night we need to go home anyways. But so you spent a lot of time uh, in winners, yeah, or losers, yeah, man. What's some of the craziest shit you've seen in that place? Because like, dude, I've stayed out past midnight in Midtown, like probably. A handful of times, you know, because I don't drink. After, yeah. after midnight, it's like having a conversation with somebody who's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know I'm just like, like what, what am I doing here? I'm not, yeah. yeah, it's like talking to McWayne regularly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's McWayne last night. But not, not really, but past midnight, everybody's fucked up like McWayne. What's the first time you met McWayne? Do you remember that? Oh, shit. 
That is actually a really good question. Did I, he say, I, I play drums for two years? Well, 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 you know, uh, you know I, I have a gig on, on weekends, and I, 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 drum for, <laughs> I drum for Trey Lewis a little bit, you know, go on the road. <laughs> you ever been down to Alabama? That's pretty fucking yeah. good, dude. I'll say it all with two Miller lights in his hands and a shot of fireball uh, holding uh, it all out. Hey, hey, Skitty, uh, you, you, you going to come to show this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? This is all about McElwain. This is great because oh, I'm yeah. usually the one doing the McElwain impressions. No, oh, dude, it, it, dude, I'll never forget one time. He's like, he's like, bro, he's like, uh, uh. I was, he was at, so, so he was filling in for one of Chris's drummers or something. Now, never forget this. And I can't remember what happened, but he fell off the drum set. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> he got drunk and fell off the drum set. And Chris is like, Bro, like I just looked back and he said the drum stopped and McLeod's like trying to get back up. <laughs> Where and was losers, that at? Losers. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's uh, great, dude. Yeah, we uh, we went into. Uh, so there's one of the wild times that losers. <laughs> yeah, we went into the. Um, we went to this party at Layer Cake when I was over at WME, and then we went to Alan Jackson's after. McLeod <laughs> got up and played the drums. He was. He said he, you know, he had no business playing drums that night, but. Uh, my manager was so embarrassed that he walked outside. Damn. It was funny. It's it awesome. McElwain's a great drummer, by the way. If you need a drummer, drummer. hit him up. But, you know, Especially if he's if been you... drinking, don't let him play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't brush his teeth yeah. regularly. Fireball. If you're a band that likes to party, call McElwain at 1-800-DON'T-GIVE-A-FUCK. <laughs> Man, we had some wild days back in the day when Love it that. was just, you know, when it was just the original four. <laughs> uh, me and McQueen got in a fist fight one time. I think we've talked about that on this podcast. I don't know. I haven't heard this. Have we? I don't you know, can we, we tell know. it, McQueen? Oh, yeah, we <laughs> so basically, what happened? I mean, you're never going to get the gig again. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I want to tell my story about McQueen after. All right. Yeah. And I got to so, I got to tell something that McQueen said last night. Too. Right, it's right. really funny because he probably doesn't remember. <laughs> no, no, he started laughing. He remembers uh, exactly what uh, I was to say. No, he's laughing because he don't remember. <laughs> so we're playing down at uh, in Delray, Florida. We used to do all the Tin Roof gigs yeah. and. <laughs> I gotta record McElwain. McElwain and Terry. They just they brought in they brought their own bottle of fireball to the gig. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Cause you get free wells when you play Tent Roof, but Ooh, who's gonna drink wells when you play for four hours and don't get a break? You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So they're like drinking fireball and like Terry looks over me at one point and he's like, dude, I can't even see my own fretboard. <laughs> Bro, that's bad. And and like I we had this one song, uh uh, Jason Aldean take a little ride yeah. and it's like the CMA performance version so there's like this cool intro and um, I always knew when McElwain was starting to get a little off the click and he was like drunk that I would call that song and we would play it and if he could somehow wean himself back in then like he would be locked back in Yeah. so I'm like alright I'm about to call that song and I call that song and it's just like <laughs> he, I don't, he was playing I don't know what he was playing <laughs> He's so drumming, drumming basically, <laughs> Terry kind of like pulled himself together enough, I, but I had to finish the night acoustic. Oh shit! Yeah, like the last hour. <laughs> and like while McElwain was off the stage, he spilled fireball on the lady that booked us down there. And then, <laughs> yeah, 
So we're That's like great. in the van, and I don't know why I booked an Airbnb like 30 minutes from where we played, and McElwain's just going on and on. He's like, I'm just going to quit like for this. And I was just like, I wasn't going to say anything, but like, yeah, dude, like, fuck you. And we get back to the Airbnb, and I just go in the room. I'm just like pissed. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Hopefully this is better tomorrow. I hear McElwain in the phone, on on the phone with, the, shit. with the sound man from the venue asking him to find a replacement drummer because he wasn't going to play. Oh, shit. And I just walked in there. I think I just punched him right in the face. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how it went down. But we hugged it out the next day, and we finished the weekend. And I think we went back down there like a weekend later. But that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had, to, we had to tell him I wasn't coming. Yeah, but you still did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. We've been through some shit, man. And, you know, when – the time came when when the guys stepped down from the roles, you know, when Terry and Mitch went their separate ways. Mac Wayne stayed, and he's been a great addition. <laughs> That's it, yeah. He's you know he's 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 uh, really uh, stepped into his role, and I appreciate him staying around. What did he say last know? night? Well, yeah, yeah. We, we love you, McElwain. I just want you to know this. This is really funny because McElwain's like, bro, we got, we're going to have Skinny on the pod tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, man, I can't wait. He's like, bro, he said, when you get in there, you better go deep. Go deep into it. He didn't know we are going to go deep into roasting on his ass. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that was great. He's like, bro, you just got to go dive deep into it, bro. Just dive, dive deep into it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know we were going to dive into roasting him. All right, let's hear yours, Mitch. Yeah. Um, so, so McElwain was playing drums for Trey when we first moved to town. Yeah, uh, me, Trey, Clay, and Ella lived together, and so McElwain lived in Alabama still. And he, would, they'd always come up and stay and sleep on our sofas and shit. And one time they came and you know, Dick Down Dallas had just happened. Yeah, and they came up and stayed on the sofa McElwain got shit faced and he walked in the living room I stayed at home uh, I didn't go out with him because I was playing World of Warcraft and I know that's weird but I was doing it it's the truth yeah so truth I'm completely sense. sober they get home like 3am and everybody's stumbling downstairs so I go downstairs check it out and McElwain comes in and they're all arguing at each other yeah, y'all, y'all never open for us. Y'all will never open, <laughs> open for, for us. us. And he's like pointing us. to Ella and Clay. He's like, "You guys are not good enough to open for us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys will never open for us." Who opened for us the most in in the first two years Dude, of Dick it was Down so in Dallas? Funny. And like <laughs> Ella Langley. Everybody's like so passive, dude. And like, uh, you know, Clay and Ella and everybody real passive, and I'm not. I always speak my mind. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck you, Matt." Somebody's got to. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck you!" And first of all, it's opening for Trey, not us. Yeah, us. <laughs> he got so mad at me, and then he went to bed. It was awesome, dude. But uh, Macwine is my roommate now. And oh, everybody shit. always asks me, they're like, "Dude, how's it having Macwine as a roommate?" Like, he's never there, dude. He's the best roommate you can ever have. Like, dude, the fucking kitchen is always clean. The he takes the trash out if it like. Little bit before it even needs to be taken See, out. This is why I respect McElwain. Like, Work hard, play hard. The dishes, <laughs> like the pant do one the first week he moved in, he organized the pantry. Right. He was like, dude, I hope you're not mad, but I organized the pantry. And I was like, dude, I'm not mad at all. And he was like, dude, because there was some stuff that expired too. Like years if he ago. drinks the last water, he'll go by. <laughs> he'll go by two cases of water, dude. Because like, we, yeah, yeah. we have bottles of water. 
And uh, yeah, if he drinks the last one, or if there's five left, he'll go buy two cases. Bro, like, uh, dude, paper towels. He does it all, man. Yeah, He's the best like, roommate you can have. I feel like we need some water. <laughs> and then yeah. one day, you know, you. I, I one day I asked him. Uh, I got a computer uh, set up with two like monitor speakers that yeah. mount to the wall, and I had to move my computer out of the thing. His his room was my the studio. Anyway. I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, I really want to mount these speakers. I don't got enough time. Like, I'm pretty busy. And I remember I came home one day, and the fucking things were mounted, yeah, dude. dude. Like, yeah. mounted. It's hard. You're just getting cables. And <laughs> <laughs> it ain't hard. You get that drill, but I don't Dude, so McElwain is, is the fucking, he's the man, dude. Those, dude. <laughs> who, yeah. Who do you live with, Skinny? Man, I live by myself. Do you? Yeah. Where I at? I live over about 10 minutes from y'all. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so you got a house or an apartment? Yeah, I got an apartment, three bedroom house myself. So, my family comes in and stays and uses like a vacation home. So, damn, that's cool. That's yeah, awesome. man. It's been cool. So, well, yeah. don't steal McElhane, motherfucker. So, no roommates. How messy yeah. is your crib? Oh, bro, it's a bachelor pad. You know what it is. Oh, dude. 100%. <laughs> Did you bring uh, the big blue truck to Nashville? No, I didn't. So, I sold it to move to Nashville. Nice. Damn. Yeah. Do you have so a car here? Do you? Yeah, I have a car. So, I got like a little terrain AT4 thing that oh, still, nice. it still goes like. You know, all wheel drive. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, but it's biked out, and I, I drive around it. But I can. What's cool about it is I can throw a whole uh, sound system in the back of throw it. Throw a PA. Yeah, I can it. throw a yeah. whole three fifteen inch yeah. uh, powered speaker PA in it and roll and hit the road. Yeah, that's so, badass. And suitcase and everything. All my guitar gear. I can. I can. It takes the. It's a jigsaw puzzle, but I can make it work. Yeah, um, we know all you, about that. Did you ever grow up hunting then? Since you raised dogs? Oh yeah, man. That's all I did. That's why I thought I was just going to hunt and fish. My did life. you do a lot of duck hunting? I just recently got a duck hunt in man, Arkansas and stuff. Man, I, I didn't. I, I didn't do any duck hunting until I was about uh, eighteen, nineteen when I was in college. So what was crazy was we we hunted with dogs, and so you can hunt with dogs all year round in certain places and stuff, and certain things. But to deer hunt with dogs, it start. There's only like a ten day season where we're at, and so that dog season always was the open weekend duck season. So I never oh. did that. I'd rather you know drive around and you know get out and shoot, you know shoot. What exactly dogs. does it mean to hunt with a dog? Uh, I've never done that. So they kind of rile up the the deer and get them moving, and you shoot them on the move, or what? Oh, you shoot them on the move. So do they make the deer move towards you though? Is that what they're trying no, to so, do? So so you gotta go chase the dogs. So what you do is you, you go find a trail or something. You go in the block of woods, get a bunch of buddies. They surround it. You go in the water woods. Uh, what? What did you just yeah, say? You go in the woods and you, <laughs> okay. you say so you, so you get a bunch of buddies and they surround a block of woods. Okay. And so you, you take you take trucks and you, you back your truck up there into the into the trail. You know, basically yeah. go off in the ditch and you open up the tailgate and you let your dogs out. And sometimes you have to walk them, but good hounds, they'll, they'll start sniffing. They'll go chase this trail. Well, they'll get, pick up on a trail and start barking and get after a deer and start trailing this deer up. Once they start getting behind it, they'll run it and chase it. Well, you're tracking and listening to dogs run, and you got to go get in front of them. Well, you go get out a clear cut or open spot, and when that deer comes out, boom, 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 boom. Dude, that's cool. It's fun. So you're shooting it with like a semi-auto. Oh no, like no automatics. I, a lot of a lot of guys use AR-15s. Is that cool. legal or what? Oh yeah, so okay. you, it, I mean, there's it, it's to an extent like you, you've got to play by the rules. Like you can't shoot on roads. You can't. Yeah. You, you know, there's certain things do, like that. Do dogs get injured a lot doing that, like accidentally? Well, it it depends. It depends on who's shooting. So like I, I've seen, you know, some dogs get hurt. Uh, but it's it basically depends on. So, like, there are some guys that come from out of state that, you know, they have dogs. And, like, so the dogs we had were, like, competition They're trained. They're trained, and, but they're fast. Yeah. Like, we kept fast hounds, and they're, like, their condition, 
a lot of the guys will get, and we had like, there'll be a pack of 10 or 12 running, and they're, yeah. they're hauling ass like they're going 20 mile an hour. So that's what Blake Shelton with the dogs. Oh, yeah. That's uh, what that means. Yeah. Cool. And the dogs running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, and so, but then there's some people that like, like have little solar hounds that are way behind them. Yeah. And so, like, you got to be pretty out front. And the deer, and like, they'll shoot deer, and then a couple of minutes later, here come the dogs uh, pushing. But our dogs are right on the deer. Mm-hmm. So, so you like, you got to be careful. And so, a lot of those people, like, we've had some accidents. Do your stuff. dogs ever catch the deer and, like, tackle it down? If or it, now, if they're, if they're wounded or they've, been uh, beat up, yeah. I've seen them take Damn. take the deer stuff. Um, how like how, how long has the deer have to have been in that spot for them to catch a scent? You know, uh, could the just, deer have passed there like five hours ago and they'll smell it out? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they're, they're I've seen them like about a day old, about Damn. oldest, about oldest. And so, what's cool is they got tracking hounds now, like blood tracking hounds, which yeah. is crazy. Is that they they're training them not to smell for the blood anymore. There's a special gland in their hoof yeah. that, like, when they're under distress, like when they're shot yeah. and they're hurt, there's a certain scent that comes out of that gland in their hoof that's that crazy. they smell that so they don't have to have blood to track the deer. Oh, wow. And that's so that's, like, wild, why that's dude. why you're seeing, like, these, you know, you know I think it's 56 hours is the longest it has to be. Like, that's the, like. The longest the, like the, smell. The smell has to, has to be since they went through there that the dog can smell it. That's wild, dude. I mean, I, I just got into duck hunting two years ago, and yeah, man. the the ability for the dogs, some of the things the dogs do is so impressive. Yeah, we watch. As people, we don't, des- we don't deserve dogs, man. Dogs. They're nuts, They're man. Cool. They're so fucking cool, and that's crazy. Did you keep any dogs from back then? Do you got a pet now? Or? No, so my family, I don't have a pet pet here, but my family, we ha- we have two uh, standard poodles back home. Hell yeah. Poodles. Uh, poodles, nice. yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah, Jed and Cruella. Yeah. Damn, hell yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, man. So, you, what, what's your plans with music? So, man, I'm forward. You just gonna be popping singles out? Yeah, we're just popping singles out right now. So, we got one coming out uh, uh, February 16th. I'm excited about. Nice. Fix make my whiskey jam debut the day before February 15th. Sweet. So nice. I'm pumped about that. And so, yeah, February 16th, we got a song that I wrote with Russell Sutton West today. Was called Nashville to Nashville. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw you playing that. I saw uh, what's the golf guy? It, John Daly. John Daly. Yeah, yeah. so he's like my yeah, second. Yeah, he was dad. like singing it. Dude. Dude, yeah, that was he, awesome, dude. He said, "Talk about stories." <laughs> That's how, how much how, I saw uh, that podcast he did with. Uh, it was him, Bob, and Tucker. Yeah. Did you see that? Dude, so I've, I've, I've been you, in that same scenario that Tucker's been, and nothing is different. Yeah. It's just it, it's <laughs> he's exactly like, like, he's like that. What, does he have his own drink or something? Yeah, so he has the John Daly's, and I've – uh, consume <laughs> quite he's a few like yeah i drink like 16 or two three cases of these a day so he talks about so in that interview he t- he's talking about counting the the uh, 40 40 of those cans and three bottles of belvedere and i was there that day he did it i know the day very well he started drinking at 10 a.m or 10 or 11 a.m at losers you know I was, I was, we finished like 3 a.m i was very intrigued by him because there was a uh, he did he's done a couple of sobriety stints yeah in his day you know um and like did the 12 steps and all that stuff which you know that's a big part of who i am and right but like i heard he said something like he's like yeah i'm just i'm just i just my golf game sucks when i'm sober or something like yeah he was like i'm just that just ain't me yeah you know? I'll, I'll never pretty awesome that guy's a legend man i'll, ne- I'll never forget so my buddy ryan Mallett sent him some videos of me this is how i met john yeah 
and uh, he sends the videos of me. And then was that before you moved here? Or? That, that was when I moved yeah. here. So I met Ryan at Doghouse. I was playing a, a shitty, a shitty shift down at <laughs> on Sundays. It was like eleven to two down at Doghouse. And Ryan just popped in there, and uh, I saw like a notification follow me. It said Ryan Mountain. So I figured that was him. I was like, "Fuck, bro, I'm out on the mic." And he's like, "Bro, how do you know who I am?" And we got to hanging out. Like we went and went on a couple day banner and hung out. And we're boys. And then Ryan sent in that banner. Like he sent a couple of videos of John. Well, John, I ended up playing down at Losers three or four months later, and John comes in. What's crazy about John? And I love him for it. Is no matter how drunk he is, he remembers everything. That's awesome. Dude, he remembers everything. Like he remember, like he was hammering off his ass. I would like losers. to see Mac Wayne and John Daly party. Together. Oh, bro! I think that's happened, has it? It hasn't. I thought. I thought you've been with us on up. some of those nights. Oh, we can yeah. definitely make that. I'd love that, <laughs> dude. So yeah, so like <laughs> that would be epic. That would be epic. <laughs> that would be epic. Yeah. John we, be like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, me and John are both from Arkansas, so we yeah, can probably understand Mac Wayne. Yeah, Selma. But no, so like he he remember those videos, and so he's like, "Yo, bro, why don't you come up here and jam with me?" And we got up on stage at Losers, and then like he started coming in, and with me and him got to hanging like uh, during the day and stuff when he wasn't as drunk, and me and him just kind of now he calls me his son. He's like my second dad, and we've had some wild times together. That's awesome, man. He's been really good to me, influential. So you got the song coming out February sixteenth. What's up? Yeah. What's happening after that? Yeah. So February sixteenth, National Nationals coming out. We're doing an acoustic version, and then like March, I think March twenty sixth, we got a song I wrote with Jimmy Ritchie and uh, Tommy Carlos and yeah. Justin Lance, and so we got that one coming out. I got you covered, and it comes out March twenty sixth, and then uh, after that, we're going to put out a full band version of uh, National National and rope all the songs into oh, EP awesome. called Nashville to Nashville. And, Got another one that I wrote by myself called Wild Hair that we'll throw in next too. Yeah. So, Hell yeah, man. So we'll put out that AP, and then I've got some stuff I've been writing. I'm excited to you know hopefully start cutting again. And put yeah, out a new EP after that. But that's kind of the short term goal. When y'all right go into the studio, do y'all cut with a band, or does your yeah. guy like produce everything and then? So what's cool about the Nashville and Nashville acoustic thing? Me and him did that all. Just, just me and you him. and him. Yeah. Just me and him. So, like, he did fiddle and dobro, and I did a bunch of the acoustic stuff, and he yeah. did some guitar stuff on it, too. And uh, and then I sang on it. So, like, it was cool. Me and him did that thing together. But then all the other stuff we tracked with a band, you know, yeah. in a session. And then if we you know, there's any overdub parts, me and him will do guitar parts and stuff on and stuff. Yeah, how how fun is that, playing, playing your own? It's pretty cool. Like, on Red Dirt, there's, like, this lick that I had, we had come up – within our right and like we're about to send to get mastered and i forgot about it and i was like bro don't send to get mastered yeah, yeah i want to yeah. add this and so like and jimmy's like man I, I don't know what you're wanting to play there and i was like well i'll come and play it and so he let me play on it and i was yeah. like that's cool so that's yeah, yeah that's pretty cool because like you know here in nashville we have great guitar players you know 100 there's some of the best. Saul, man, Saul's played on it. I mean, Saul yeah, played so, on Dick Down in Dallas. Yeah, he so, played on uh, Three Feet Tall. Saul played on my whole know. session. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's awesome. And, you know, you got other great players, Ostrander and yeah. you know, whoever else. Um, but, like, it's pretty cool when, when an artist is a guitar player, too. Like, Keith Urban plays on all his own stuff. Yeah, Vince Gill. Vince Gill. Vince Gill, dude. Rampage. He's so underrated as dude, a guitar Vince Gill, player. He's so great. And like he'll like go and sit in with the time jumpers and stuff and yeah. just play guitar, bro. And like you'll never know when he's gonna be there and won't yeah. sing up drops. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. So uh how did you you have your own round downtown now? Yeah, right? man. Yeah. How yeah. did you come about that? So uh Vaden I played it. 
Yeah, Trey's played it a couple of times. Wouldn't you call it little skinny shit show? Yeah, little skinny's little skinny's rowdy shit show. So this is yeah. a, this is a funny story. So uh, I started helping uh, Vaden with Smash Farm. Yeah, and he was like, because I, I knew so many people, <laughs> crazily, and uh, so I know I know a bunch of people around Midtown. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm struggling to find people. And I'm like, oh, get this person, get that person. Yeah. He's like, how do you know these people? And I was like, oh, just being out and around. And he's like. Well, once you put together a round for me, I'm going to be out of town like this week. Once you put together a round. So I went and hosted his round one night. And then like him and Hasten got together. He's like, bro, like, and I was like, man, I'll help you with Smash One. We'll part up Smash One. He's like, bro, no, you need your own round. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So I uh, I teamed up with Hasten and and I didn't know what to call it. I was like, little skinny round. Like, what do I call this thing? And I had all these other things and, and I wanted to do. I always wanted to call around and have around called Westerners fuck, which I saw that there was like another page that has their own like Western yeah. fuck. I was like, well, I can't take that. That's already been done. So I go looking around and I get there to like meet with Hasten. I'm like, he's like, all right, what are we call this thing? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, the slot you had, uh, Ryan Nelson had a round called the shit show. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's just keep the shit show going. And I'll call it yeah. little skinny's rowdy shit show. Yeah. And cause like, I was just going to call it a little skinny shit show, but I was like, well, I don't want to talk like, call all the people on my round shit, shit, shit yeah. Yeah, so i won't say rowdy shit show so yeah. it's like it's like a wild party yeah it's like cool yeah. it's cool so I was it's like, a cool shit show it's a cool yeah. shit show so i was like let's call it little skinny's rowdy shit show yeah and so yeah so we started chasing that thing and we do it once a month and we're fixing to have a one-year anniversary february 20th that's awesome so yeah, yeah man i think if you need cool. anybody hit me up if i'm in town yeah there. man come play it um but yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for being on the pod, bro. Dude, thanks for and, having uh, me. Where bro. can everybody find you on socials? Yeah, man. Everything's uh, the same across the board. L I L underscore Skinny underscore Music. Check it out. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Well, um, y'all be sure to go follow him. Uh, pre-save his new songs. Um, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but it'll be a few weeks. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, we're signing out of the DM Monday podcast. Please rate and subscribe. And uh, thank you for being here, little Skinny. Yeah, thank Peace you. Peace out. Me. Troublemaker, I was just like you with time on my hands. Angels and devils both tried to use graffiti on the Mill Creek Bridge. School bully at the end of my fist. You swing, you miss, you learn, you live in a world that needs more outlaw kids. Moral breakers. Can't speak your mind.